Welcome to the Biltmore Church Podcast. Our church exists to glorify God by making disciples of Jesus who reach up, reach in, and reach out. And this podcast is a resource that's hopefully going to help you do just that. Uh, We're in the middle of our Friends of the Family teaching series where we've got a friend of our church here every week while Pastor Bruce is away on sabbatical uh, preaching God's Word. And today we're so honored, um, not just here with us on Sunday, but here today on the podcast, we have uh, a, a, a new friend of our church, I guess is the way to say it, Dr. Crawford Loritz. Um, thank you so much for being here today. Well, it is a, an absolute joy to be here, and I'm I'm glad to be considered a new friend of the family. That's right, yeah, new friend of the go. family. Um, I, I'll give a little bit of a bio. If I did your whole bio, we'd be here for quite quite some time. Um, but uh, if you don't know um, Dr. Loritz, he has been a church planter. Uh, he served for 27 years with Crew. I think I've got that yeah. right. Um, former senior pastor of Fellowship Bible Church in Georgia um, for, for a many number of years. And him and his wife, Karen, have been speakers, uh, written books together. You've been a, a radio program host, which yeah. I used to prep for this podcast today, <laughs> listen to some old messages, um, uh, and, and many, many other things. But thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah. And we've got Sierra Delgado. I should have started with Sierra because your bio is yeah, a little bit easier. Short. Yeah, Sierra uh. is on our staff. Um, she is our local outreach director. And uh, we're looking forward. It's going to be a fun conversation today. Um, uh, about a very specific topic. Um, but before we do that, I want to just say, Crawford, um, thank you so much for your wonderful message wow. um, yeah. out of Philippians 4. Uh, what I wrote down is the, the big idea, the four realities we have when Christ is our courage. Yes. Hopefully I'm getting that right. But yeah. um, And so today we're going to have a follow-up conversation, and I really want to hone in on, on one of these realities. Um, but before we do that, um, you got to pick your sermon more or less. We said, hey, Pick a passage that you'd like to preach that, yeah. that's near and dear to your heart. So I kind of want to ask the big question first, just why this sermon? Well, sometimes, you know, it's just, just what I feel, felt led. I mm. pray, pray about uh, what I should say, because preaching to me is not speech making. Mm. There's a big difference between the two. And it's not necessarily just driven by being appropriate. You know, you uh, obviously, you kind of think through where people are and ask some questions, but I prayed about it. And just the more I prayed, the more I felt like that uh, perhaps I need to share on Philippians 4. So that's ain't scientific. But yeah. Just, <laughs> nice, simple answer yeah, there. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Um, so you gave four realities in yes. your message. Um, and it seemed to me like at the center of those, really all of them, prayer was one of those realities, but prayer seemed to kind of envelop all of them and circle all of them. Yeah, and in a very real sense, from a, from a transactional, responsive perspective, prayer is, envelops all of the spiritual realities, mm-hmm. you know, because prayer is the expression of our life's dependence upon God. That, that's what prayer is. And uh, it's, we were created to depend upon God. And all of life is uh, our relationship with God. Does, it's not about him producing a better version of ourselves, but rather my life is to become increasingly more like Jesus and to respond to what he wants in and through my life. So that's the reason why prayer is the context. Yeah, that's a fantastic way to to kind of summarize what I stumbled through. You said very wisely and, and simply. Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that's really helpful. So what I want to do is take that idea and, and make it even more practical for the people listening yeah. and watching, especially for the people who are like, 
um, I, I think for many people, uh, prayer, they, know, they, they think it's important, but, but actually practicing and, and taking the time to pray is, is a different story. So um, just some, maybe some practical guidance, uh, and, and maybe we can start here. The, the Philippians 4 that, that you preached on on Sunday, um, the peace of God that is promised, I think the way you mentioned it is um, the, the promise of peace comes after the command to pray. Yes. Um, so, so where should folks begin when it comes to prayer, when it comes to actually making that a practice, that command, carrying out that command? What would you recommend for someone who's like, I don't even know where to begin? <laughs> I'm going to say something that's counterintuitive because we, we live in a culture that uh, we think with our feelings. In other words, if I feel like doing something, mm-hmm. then I'm going to do it, do it. But prayer is a command and a command implies discipline. You know, it does a command. It, it's not an interaction with a dialogue with, oh, how do you feel about this? Can <laughs> yeah. we negotiate this a little mm-hmm. bit? I mean, how would you like doing this? A command is a command mm-hmm. that requires a sense of uh, self-denial and discipline. In order for prayer to be a delight, it first has to be a discipline. Mm-hmm. And, and that's how it, it fuels. But, you know, people listening to that might think, oh, man, that sounds. But it's it's like marriage. Um, Love is a decision. But it's also a delight. Right. But it's predicated by a decision. You you decide. You decide to love. You decide to live by your vows. You, You decide to fulfill those vows. And it's in the discipline that the heart is nurtured and developed and so finally, you get to a place in your life, and I, prayer is never going to be easy, okay? I, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've been following Jesus since I was 13 and a half years old, and, and I, I still struggle with it. But there will come a point in time in your life where you, you are convinced, not only intellectually, but viscerally, emotionally, that you can't make it without dependence upon God. Wow. And it's at that point, it's at that point where it, it's not that it's easier, but but you begin to it begins to be more organic in terms of your relationship with Christ, though. Mm, that's yeah. really helpful. Mm-hmm. Sierra, I know that just from our conversations that um, this is a topic that is important to you, um, kind of cultivating, developing a prayer life. So anything you would you would add or just initial thoughts on? Yeah, no, I'm just sitting here absorbing all of Crawford's <laughs> wisdom. No, right? no. Like, what am I doing here? I just want to listen <laughs> no. to you talk. Um, but I think that I grew up in a, in a household where my dad was not a believer till I was 12 mm. and my mom taught me how to pray. I mean, as soon as mm. I could learn how to talk, mm. um, she included me in praying for my dad's salvation and we would oftentimes pray for him together. Um, he lived a very worldly life and was gone a lot during the weekend. So before bed, she would teach me to pray, um, which has had a huge impact in my life. At that point, we were praying for his salvation. I don't think I was saved at that point, but (laughs) we were praying for him. And um, I think that it's just been something that I I took for granted for many years in my life. But looking back, I realize that I've never not known but to pray in a time of need. And a lot of that is because of my mom Mm -hmm. and teaching me um, what that meant. Mm -hmm. And then also, I think I'll One thing I will say, which is a little bit what you talked about today, how the Lord really grows us in a a season of suffering was um, 
back in, I think it was like 2019, 2018, I learned to love prayer because I had to um, out of dependency in a season that was really difficult for me. Um, And so I agree with everything that you've said and have experienced it in in a miniature way in my short, you know, years of life. But it is something that the more that you are dependent upon the Lord for prayer, the more you learn to do it and the more you love to do it. Um, and the more you realize that you don't know anything and that you need him to know more, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I always say that the more I learn about prayer, the less I know about prayer. And that kind of motivates me to continue to learn um, and to grow in my dependency upon the Lord. But um, yeah, I think it's just something that is a learned, it's a learned love for sure. Yeah, and it gets back to being convinced of need. And mm-hmm. like you talked about going through a hard time, you know, it's only when you're convinced that you're needy. And I, I think I alluded to this uh, when I spoke at, uh, in, in church that, you know, the, 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 the sad thing is that <clears throat> prayer is an indication of the level of humility that's in your life. It really is. Uh, proud people have a hard time praying because prayer is just the opposite of that. Uh, if you're self-reliant, you have a hard time praying. If you've bootstrapped it and made it on your own, you have a hard time praying. And, and it's difficult for people who, um, and I'm, just, I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's more challenging for people who are very resourceful and they have a lot of resources um, because that, that kind of cushions and layers your own desperation. Right. And, but when you embrace the delightful gift of desperation, that's the gateway of an effective prayer life. That's such a countercultural statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, to say that desperation as a good thing is yeah. such an yeah. interesting way to start in prayer. It really is. But notice there's a difference between desperation and despair. Mm-hmm. Despair is hopelessness. Biblical desperation is a, is a drivenness. Uh, and, you know, I have to be careful. It's, it's, and I'm saying all of this stuff, but, you know, I... I <laughs> I know a lot of people. I, I, I have a lot of contacts. I've got some experience and, you know, I can solve some problems. And I've you know, and, and so there's always, always that dastardly temptation to rest on those things. And I'm not saying that you should not use those things. And maybe they are the answer to your prayer. But you never confuse the resource with the source. Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as you keep in mind that. The source is the source that sets you up for uh, going down that path. That reminds me, I remember when at my ordination service several years ago, Pastor Bruce delivered a message. And one of the big things that he said, it'll stick with me, hopefully until the day Mm. I die, is that in ministry, when it comes to to pastoring and and Mm. leading, often as... Uh, often your your dependency will go down as your competency goes up. Oh my goodness. That's the the great temptation is as you get quote unquote better at something, your dependency on God can go down. And I think the same thing is true when it comes to just following Jesus in general. You can quote unquote think you're getting good at it. And some of that dependency can kind of go out the window. That's really true. And you know, one of the things that I I loved about our church, I pastored for 15 years and I I loved about our elders. Um, You know, we would, we would intersperse our meetings with, with prayer. Um, we'd be talking about challenging issues or, 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 you know, directional issues or hard things. And, and uh, there was such a wonderful habit that we got into of just stopping, mm-hmm. seeking God. 
so that, but that models what prayer should be. Prayer should be an ongoing conversation mm-hmm. uh, with, with, with the Father. You know, there's an interesting verse over in Thessalonians that says, pray without ceasing. Well, you know, it's translated that way, but <laughs> I mean, it, Paul is not talking about continuous praying. He's talking about constant praying, which is a difference. It's like a hacking cough, right? I mean, he doesn't want us to close our eyes and be praying you know, but but it's it's like it's so it it's so prevalent. It's like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm always coughing, but I can talk too. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's the way prayer should be uh, integrated into everything about our our lives. Mm-hmm. So, Sierra, let me ask you this: uh, for someone who's like, yeah, I'm ready. Let me start <laughs> praying, <laughs> and that's enough motivation to begin right away. Let's say I sit down and I'm I'm ready to pray and. 30 seconds goes by and I'm like, what do I do? Right. <laughs> what yeah. do I talk about? What, what's the, what's the first step maybe, or maybe mm-hmm. some, some helpful principles um, for yeah, people to, to use in prayer. That's good. Um, I feel like these are just tidbits that have helped me, but I'm by no means an expert. Um, I think there's three things, even as I was reading over your notes, preparing for this, that I have found that the Lord has led me in to grow me in my prayer life that has been honestly so transformational and the the first step is I think people are so concerned with like what do I what do I say Mm. like what am I going to say when I sit down and when Mm. I pray that you forget who you're talking to (laughs) and so in a lot of ways we're so concerned about having an articulate prayer that we forget that we we don't need to be concerned with what we are saying but who we are saying these things to Um, and so I've found that the more that I learn about the character of God and that he is a compassionate father he is a caring father he's kind and he knows our needs before we even speak them it like alleviates the stress that I put on myself and worry of like even approaching the throne Mm -hmm. you know Um, and so I think that to encourage those who are wanting to just start praying maybe start with knowing the God that you're praying to um, because we have, and Crawford said this in his message today, that we have incredible power as we approach the throne room of grace. And we don't just approach an empty room, we approach a throne room. And so in order to walk in there with confidence, you have to first know who the God is that you're approaching, but also the confidence that has been given unto you by Christ, that it's not a confidence that you have to stir up in yourself. It's not something, we were talking about this earlier this week, culture tells you that confidence is earned, but the Bible tells you that confidence is gifted. And so you've been gifted a confidence to approach the throne room of grace. And as you learn about that good God who is receiving the prayers for supplication or praise or salvation or any of these things that we pray to God for, um, as we learn more about the character of God, that the increased levels of trust and confidence, I think is what has driven my, my time in prayer. Um, but I have also learned that I, first of all, I have a horrible memory <laughs> and I like to blame it on my four concussions, but <laughs> I've just always had a horrible memory and I, I forget what I'm going to pray for. I forget what I want to pray for. Um, so like a prayer list is a very tangible way of just like mm-hmm. write down, right. you know, so that way you at least know when I sit down to pray, this is what I'm going to pray. But then you get there and you're like, well, I know I, I need to pray for my grandmother's health, but I don't really know what to say you know? And so probably the most helpful resource I have ever found on prayer is actually the Bible. (laughs) And so I, um, I have this little box and I call it my, my pouch because it started off in a pencil pouch of verses that I've collected to guide my prayer life. But 
it outgrew the pencil pouch, so now it's in a box. Um, you have a suitcase soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What in the world? Um, but I've found that I oftentimes I'm I'm not naturally gifted in like articulating things well. But the more that I study God's word, the more I'm able to see like. Well, Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. He literally mm. said, this is how we pray. And Paul has incredible prayers in the scripture and the prophets have incredible prayers. Mary's prayer, Hannah's prayer, you know, the, the Lord has gifted us with a framework and a skeleton of how we ought to pray. And so outside of, we need to understand God's character, like who it is that we're approaching when we pray, I think just knowing the word in such a way that that is what guides and leads your prayer life. Um, because at the end of the day, nothing is more powerful than God's words. So why are we putting so much pressure on ourselves to have the, the right words to say, mm -hmm. you know, in our prayer time? So those are the two things that have really helped me. Um, and I think that has given me also a confidence of like, Lord, these are the things that you have said mattered in your word. And I have found that that's how I can pray according to your will, because if not, how am I going to know, you know, what yeah. the will of the Lord is? So. Yeah, that's very helpful. I, w I wanted to ask you really a similar question. You've been following Jesus, I think you said, since you were 13. Mm -hmm. So what are some of those those key lessons you've learned along the way with prayer? I'd say, Sierra just said it. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, it needs to be guided. Um, you know, sometimes there'll be spontaneous things that you want to pray about, and, and that's fine. I think that's good. Um, but I think having a prayer list is a great reminder um, that, that you should, there's some things that you need to constantly pray over, but praying the word of God is really so, so key. And I would, I would take a, uh, I would take a, a page out of David's book and just look at the Psalms because they are mainly prayers mm -hmm. and, uh, to, to salt your heart and mind there. One of the things that I do on a daily basis is that I, I, uh, part of my devotional time is that I, I write in my prayer journal, but I write in my prayer journal after I read the scriptures. And whatever I'm reading in the scriptures, uh, it triggers um, what I'm thankful for, uh, what God, I mean, what, what God's saying to me. Yeah. And, uh, and I've been doing this now for, gosh, you know, maybe 45 years. And I've got stacks and stacks of prayer journals. And what's so encouraging is that I get to a dry spot, I get to a time and that, that you know, I, maybe there's something going on, I'm discouraged or whatever, I just randomly will grab a prayer journal and open it up and start reading. And you see the hand and finger of God in your life. And so prayer is dynamic. Now, keep in mind, it is not the discipline of praying so much as it is the act of praying. You know, so you can, I mean, you can, you can have many different ways of going about it, Discipline is important because we have to obey the command to pray and you need to get started. So you have to prime the pump. But you got to remember, you're talking to the God of the universe. You're talking to the one that loves you. And he cares about your soul. He cares about. So whatever you care about, whatever is on your heart is your prayer request. Mm. And uh, and so that's. That's kind of how I approach it. Yeah, so, not yeah, to overcomplicate yeah. it. Yeah, sometimes, really. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I've I've sort of been impressed upon lately to not let feeling like a novice in prayer keep me from praying. Mm -hmm. Like you said, sometimes it's just as simple as, well, I might just ask God for some stuff today, yep. and that's okay. And other days I might really hold on to a promise. Other days I might, 
really be hearing from him more than I'm even talking, but just to, uh, sometimes you hear people pray, especially when you hear people pray out loud and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole different level. And it can be intimidating, right? Cause yeah, you're, you're yeah. just like, well, I'm just kind of talking to God. Well, that's sometimes it is as simple as that. Yeah, and it really is. Really it's, it's, it's sort of like a marriage couple, a married couple. I mean, you can have orchestrated, disciplined conversations with your wife or your husband, but sooner or later they're going to say, now, are you interested in talking to me or just covering mm-hmm. the list of things to do that you want to say to me? And that's the point. Yeah, yeah. That's what it, it's it's got to be a pathway to talking to God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <For> <laughs> and sure. not just checking it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So as we kind of wrap up our conversation, any promises about prayer that jump to mind, especially... Um, throughout throughout the Bible that you would recommend or encourage folks to hold on to as they whether begin their journey or continue their journey in prayer? I know I'm putting both of you on the spot a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, our home group was just recently studying through James. And, um, you know, it's kind of one of those books that I've read it so many times that oftentimes I know what's coming next. And I I just am used to it, you know, but yeah. for whatever reason, um, this last, I guess it was two weeks ago, one, one portion of it stuck out to me a lot. And it said that the prayer of the righteous person is working. And I've read that countless times in my life, mm. but for whatever reason, it struck me in such a way that I was convicted of how oftentimes I don't really believe that. <laughs> and I think that I am, I, I tend to be more of a recovering legalist. I can very quickly get into monotonous rhythms because of my you know, competitive nature and I'm driven and I'm goal oriented and I know how to get like through a means to get to an end. And I oftentimes lose the joy of my salvation <laughs> mm. and it just becomes this very habitual religious act rather than like, oh, I'm enjoying my time in prayer or I'm going to the Lord in prayer because I know that he's hearing me and answering me in, in, in these things. Um, but that was a verse that stuck out to me recently about prayer was, hey, your, your prayer as a righteous person, a righteousness that has been given to you in Christ is actually like working. The Lord is listening. Um, and so as we were reading that, I just kept on reading that over and over and over again, um, mm. because I think I forget that, you know, it's, it's almost like when you're a little kid and my mom, I remember her inviting me to help with certain things where I know now looking back, that actually wasn't helpful at all. <laughs> if yeah. anything, it created more work for me to try and learn to mop because now the whole living room yeah. and the whole kitchen everywhere yeah. has just, yeah. you know, I use way too much fabuloso because we're Latin American and we always uh. use that soap. But anyways, there's like suds everywhere. And I oftentimes feel that way about prayer is like, God doesn't really need me to pray, but I know I ought to. So here I am. Um, so I was really challenged, I think, mm. by that verse of like, yeah. man, the, the prayer of the righteous person really is working. Like my my heavenly father wants to hear from me. It's not something that like adds more work to his table. You know, yeah. it's not that way, um, yeah. but I can very quickly have that mindset. And so that's just something yeah, that came to mind from, from James chapter mm. five. Yeah. I think, you know, Hebrews chapter, uh, I just forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Let us come boldly to the throne. That's Hebrews chapter nine mm. to mm-hmm. the throne of grace that we may obtain uh, mercy and uh, find grace to help them time and eat. I, I think the invitation to come boldly to the throne of grace. I want to take a diff, little different tack, though. I think, I think um, it, it's helpful as we grow in our walk in relationship with God to understand that the ultimate focus, purpose of prayer, is to adjust my will to the will of the Father, mm-hmm. and not the other way around. 
Jesus prayed in the garden in Matthew chapter 26, three times, let this bitter cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but your will be done. Yeah. And the passion of every follower, and it goes along with what you were saying about the prayers of the righteous. The passion is, I want to be right. I want my heart to be right. Now, it is also true that he gives us the desires of our hearts, but those, those desires are aligned with his plan and his will. So in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, he says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you shall find, and knock, and the door will be open to you. All of that is over against the context of having a right heart and, and a right desire. And so my ultimate passion, my ultimate passion, even if God has to tell me no, is to have a heart that says yes to his will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's incredibly That's helpful. Yeah. Um, in the absence of Pastor Bruce being here, I want to take a moment um, and, and do this as much as I can and, and give honor where honor is due mm-hmm. and just say thank you so much for taking the time, um, mm-hmm. making the drive, spending the weekend here, um, prepping the message, being vulnerable in your preaching. Um, it's, it is so valuable, and I know thousands of people are going to be impacted um, through Jesus, through your preaching, so thank you so much. Well, I'm, I'm humbled by that, and thank you for saying those words, but it's a joy to team up with the church like Biltmore <laughs> and uh, the culture that's here and the heart of your lead pastor. It's just a wonderful thing. Mm. Uh, for everybody listening and watching, again, we're going to be back on Sunday. We're jumping right back in with our series, and we're going to be back the following Wednesday as well with another episode. Just, again, the, the point is to resource you in your relationship with Jesus, not just on Sundays or on Wednesdays, but every day of the week as you follow Him in your own life. Um, we hope this encourages you in your walk with Jesus. We wrap it up the same way every time. You are loved and sent. <laughs>